King is what we were created. Man is what we were born. Son is what we were positioned. And Father is our responsibility. Hello, my name is Brian Hines. Welcome to the Man I Was, the Boy I Am podcast. For the first half of the year, I'm going to deal with the man I was. For the second half, I'm going to deal with the boy I am. In this podcast, I'm going to use my real life experiences to unpack man. We don't go through hell for the hell of it. Refine, repurpose, restore. Hello everyone, my name is Brian Hines and I'm here again for the second edition of The Man I Was, The Boy I Am podcast. Um, if you didn't hear the first one, definitely go back and listen to it. Uh, it's a great segment uh, from 44 to the beginning, or excuse me, from the beginning to 44. Um, it's one of those that is just different from all the other podcasts that you will see. Sat down with mom and got an opportunity to really talk about some things, but I don't want to talk about that now. Go back and listen to it. So for this one, just want to start out talking about how my day went. Um, today, got up early this morning, had some, some prayer time, had some, some quiet time, even meditating. After that, got some gym time in. After that, went to work. After work, went to uh, over to UNC, do this uh, men of color barbershop talk over there. We cut the guys' hair, the athletes and everything. Then after that, rushed over here. So I, I kind of <laughs> feel like uh, money-making Mitch off of paid in full. <laughs> I love the game. I, I love the game. But everybody, want to introduce you to a special friend of mine. His name is Antonio McCarver. What's up, Antonio? What's going on, B? Man, we met, everything's good. We met um, some years ago, um, mostly in passing, right. but um, I just always felt a connection to you. Right, right, same um, here. And, and it seems like um, a lot of times, you know, we think we're connected to people because he's, we're, we're cool or we're connected to him because, uh, you know, I like his style or whatever. But what I'm realizing now is that God connects us in the spirit right? before we actually meet in the flesh. So when we meet in the flesh, I mean, we just really just uh, connecting and as we learn, um, as you and I actually sat down probably a few months back right. and talked and we just realized how much similarity. Kindred spirits. Yeah, kindred spirits. And um, so I definitely wanted you to be on the show, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, well, as we start off, I want to just throw some words out. Okay. And um, as you hear the word, just you can say whatever comes to First your mind. First thing come to mind? Yeah. All right. All right. Restoration. Mm. Life. Transparent. <laughs> uh, kids. Distractions. Life. Intentional. Purpose. Date your daughter. Mandatory. I agree. Failure. Mandatory. I agree. I failed several times and I realized I had to fail. Right. Um, at the beginning of the show, when uh, the intro, it says that we go through the, we don't go through hell for the hell of it. Right. Failure is a part of our process. So failure right. is necessary. Work. Mm. The first word that came is work. <laughs> <laughs> work is work. Okay. Fight for it. My life. I, with that one, the first thing that came to my mind was family. Mm. My children. Um, relationship. Love. Wow. 
Um, there's a quote that Jay says in one of his songs, and I said it in an interview I had to do before, and it's, I ain't perfect. Nobody walking this earth's surface is, but mm -hmm. God, can you work with me? Now, I switched up the last part a little bit, but when you think about not being perfect, like, what comes to your mind? My frailties as a father. Wow. Wow. And we'll unpack that a little bit later. All right. Transition. Growth. Hmm. Responsibility. Strength. I want to lay out some stats real quick. All right. 24 million children live in an absentee or fatherless home. 63% are dropouts. 63% mm. are dropouts. 70% are incarcerated. 80% are on drugs. Jesus. All because of dad not being there. It's staggering when you, when you put the numbers to it. You know, I've been dealing with a situation with uh, one of my daughters. She's about to be 17, and she had an interest in a young man, and the young man had an interest in her. And I told her from the gate, you know, when we get to that time, I need to meet the young man because I need to know where he come from and have a conversation with him. But what I learned was that he didn't have a father in the house. Mm -hmm. So the way that he went about trying to court my daughter mm -hmm. didn't align with my priorities mm -hmm. nor, you know, uh, what I believe a young man should do. And sure enough, he showed it. Gotcha. And, and and I told her just yesterday, this is the difference between having a father in your life and not having right. a father in your life. Not just for you, mm -hmm. but for him as well. Right. He didn't. His father's not in his life. Right. But to hear those numbers, it's uh, it's heartbreaking actually. Yeah. And that goes back to you stating that goes back to uh, date your daughter. Yeah. And so um, you know, with me, it was a mandatory thing, as you said. Um, I used to date my daughters. Um, I would make sure I have three. So mm -hmm. um, at the time, of course, when I was married, I would make sure that I took each of them out on a date right. individually. It would be times that I dated um, them together. Right. Um, of course, then uh, dated their mom. But um, all of them, and, and also to your point, needed to see what it was like to have a real date with the real man. Yeah, absolutely. For them to understand what it means to be treated, to be courted, um, to be uh, the chivalry that mm -hmm. should be in a relationship, um, you know, pushing that chair in, a man standing until they sit, right. you know, um, holding the door holding for the him. door. Yeah, right. opening up the car door for him. I mean, I know we have keyless entry and all that stuff now, right. but if someone's trained correct, even those type of technologies that make life simpler, um, should still be it should, it should still be a thing that we practice. So um, I think those are mandatory. Yeah, Our daughters, absolutely. a lot of times, you know, the absentee father, most people think is for the son only. Nah. But just so like you explained in the case with uh, with your daughters, it's definitely for the son as well. I mean, for the daughter, for the daughter as, well. as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the way that I've always looked at it was that, you know, I'm going to be the first man that they either learn to love mm -hmm. or learn to hate. Right. And, um, you know, so uh, one thing that we never, as a as a father, and I know that you're just like this too. We never want to disappoint our daughters. Oh man! You know, yeah. to just even know that they looked at us and was hurt or disappointed. Mm -hmm. You know, that's I've never felt a, a a pain worse than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, since 
since my kids have been born, I've always done the daddy-daughter date thing. Right, right. You know, take them to the father-daughter dance every right. year. You know, and just show them that, you know, uh, I love them. And that, you know, my thing has always been, if when you get out in the world looking for somebody, if they... You, they need to look for somebody that look like me. And it's that goes into identity. Who do, who do they identify with? Um, I had this, and, and great points, um, I had this frame on my desk and it says, Father, mm-hmm. a son's first hero, a daughter's first love. Right. So, True. you know, we should be the apple of our daughter's eye. You know Absolutely. What I mean? And they should look to find a guy who's like us. Yep. Um, and, and what's amazing, you know, even we... Um, seek to find a woman who was like our mom. Like our mom, yeah. So, you know, that's paramount. Um, I want to uh, today talk about loss. Mm. Um, <laughs> and L-O-S-S, not okay. L-O-S-T. Loss. Right. Right. A lot of times, you know, as men, we always, and I'm glad I used that analogy talking about I love the game because when it comes to men, we, we equate life with winning and losing. True. Um, I like to use withdrawals and deposits. Okay. The deposit you know, being the, the win and the, the withdrawal being a loss. And I say that because um, a lot of times, like, if we put ourselves in a situation where we don't feel like we're winning, we, a lot of times we'll give up. We'll throw in the towel. We'll just say the heck Get frustrated and, yeah. Right. And see, what frustration does is causes us to make decisions that could abort our entire destiny. Fact. So with that, the loss, the part <laughs> that, that loss plays is that there's a divine purpose even for loss. Right. For pain. Um, a lot of times our pain memory is a lot more powerful than our, um, our static memory. And I say that because True. you could have had a great relationship with someone, and a lot of times all they'll remember is the, the downtime. The pain that you, that you caused, right? Yeah. So that pain memory has a longer lasting effect than the, a lot of the ecstasy yeah. or the high moments in, um, in a relationship. And um, so in dealing with that, there's a scripture that comes to mind, Job, Job 3.25, and it reads, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. Mm. I want to say that one more time. I'm not finished with it. But for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. When we look at the thing, what is the thing? Like, there's so many things that we could probably label it as, but I know in conversation with you and in direction of what the entire podcast is about, um, the loss Mm-hmm. For me, my father. Right. For me um, as well. And we've talked about it, and mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about it with several men in several several different genres, uh, several different places, barbershop, yep, church, mm-hmm. um, out on the court. Like we talk about it, right? <clears throat> and we see, like earlier, when we talked about the numbers, how um, staggering it is, and how uh, uh, misrepresented we are as men and as fathers and how the culture is changing. You know, yeah. guys are getting more involved with their children. Guys are being Fact. more affectionate. Fact. Um, I read a book, uh, Peter Cesaro, I don't know if I pronounced his name correct, but it's called Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. Mm. And um, one thing I always like to make sure I deal with is our emotions, the right. healthy side of our emotions. So when you, when you hear loss, mm. like, and we talked about dad, um, what what comes to your mind? Well, you know, like you said, the loss of my father. I was ten when that happened. Uh, my father was pretty young, twenty five when uh, when he was murdered, and uh, you know, he was uh, he had me young. 
him and my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was 15, he was 14. So imagine a 14-year-old having the responsibility of a child. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was ordered to pay a dollar a month in child support. Wow. <laughs> wow. A dollar a month in 1976. Wow. And, uh, you know, he, he adopted a lifestyle that was uh, that was like money-making Mitch. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, he, he, he kind of met his demise in the same way that money-making Mitch did. Gotcha. And, um, but in that... I had a cousin, my second cousin, his first cousin, uh, Randy, who was in the lifestyle with him, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, Alpo, Alpo, or yeah. well, I didn't even want to say the real name, but, you know, you. Yeah. either one of the other ones, and um, you know, just a few years after my father got killed, he got killed. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. I, uh, I was 18 at the time. Mm. Uh, but even before that, let me back up. My mm-hmm. father was murdered when I was 10. That was a loss. Uh, my mom was married to a, a fella uh, that was in the Army. Uh, four years, three years after my father was killed, he mm-hmm. he left us. Mm-hmm. Uh, left us homeless for another family. We got put off the base at, at Fort Bragg and all of that. And then just a few years after that, the person that was like a father figure to my cousin Randy, he was murdered. And then just... Few years after that, I lost my son. So wow. So let's let's stop for one moment because <laughs> I wanna <clears throat> I wanna make sure that we we're following this. We're talking about loss, right? So you talk about your father, right? The then the next uh, man that was I guess like a my father stepfather, to, stepfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, then your actual my actual cousin that was a father figure. Okay, so that's three men. Three men in less than what eight years? In in exactly an eight year period. And then your own biological son. Yes. Lost. Right. So let's like unpack that for a moment. Where, what space were you in? Because um, I, I can't say one is more than the other one or whatever, but there's got to come along with that frustration, anger. Like what were your emotions? What kind of space were you in? So can I keep it all the way real? No, I want you to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all the 1500. way. 15,000. Yeah. Uh, First, when I lost my father, there, there was a the deepest of depressions that I guess a 10-year-old could ever go through. Mm-hmm. And then there became a distrust with God. Mm-hmm. The depression came in that hmm. the night that uh, my mother told me or that we received the phone call, uh, June 13th, 1987, and the Midnight Express was wrestling for the world tag team titles. Wow. Right, yeah, and that's factual. That can be verified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's amazing that you remember, remember all that because yeah. we just got finished talking about how your pain memory stores and collects certain data. But but go ahead. But as I'm processing it, mm-hmm. my mother tells me that someone shot my father. She she never said he died, mm-hmm. but something in me died when mm-hmm. she said it, so yeah. I knew it. Uh, when I flew back to Detroit to for the funeral and whatnot, I remember we went to the uh, funeral home and I saw his fingernails. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, the funeral home didn't do a great job with cleaning them. Mm-hmm. He still had blood underneath his fingernails oh, and that stuck out to me mm. for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably why I started chewing on my fingernails. Mm-hmm. I didn't want 
anything to happen to me and for anybody that loved me to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that time of depression, that happened in June. His birthday was October 31st, which is Halloween. My right. birthday is November 17th. I cried every single day yeah. from June 13th at least until Christmas. And my distrust of God came in when everybody kept telling me, you got to pray and give it to God. Mm-hmm. I'm 10. Right. How do I give anything to God at 10? Right. And then I made the mistake of reading about Lazarus. Oh, man. <laughs> so my question became, yo, if he can this raise this. Yeah. yeah. You're like, what? So I literally asked God one day, and I'm going to keep it all the way a thousand. Mm-hmm. Nigga, what made you think I ain't need my damn daddy? Wow. I said that. Mm-hmm. And I got mad because I didn't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. I got even madder. And, you know, I, I, me and God hadn't, well, it was a one-way argument. I got you. Yeah. He, he's not fussing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he let me get it out, thankfully. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes it's what you got to do with your kids when they're hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you got to let them express let themselves. Yeah. Let yeah. them vent. Mm-hmm. But then, years later... Mm-hmm. He said, because I, I, I would ask that continuously. Mm-hmm. Years later, he said, I wanted you to know that I'm the only father you ever needed. Wow. Wow. So that, that shut me up. Yeah. But just dealing with all of the loss, it was, uh, I, even today, I still deal with uh, the pain from it. Uh, we're not taught to grieve mm-hmm. in our community. Right. We're not taught how to properly grieve. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we say ignorant stuff like, you know, that happened such and such time ago. Don't you think it's about time to let it go? Right. Or get over it. Or get over it. Yeah. You know, but how do you tell that to a kid that just lost his hero? Right, right. Not seeing Superman get defeated by Lex Luthor. No, right. we're talking about my real life hero. Right. My father could do no wrong the mm-hmm. night, the times that I would sit on the porch waiting for him to come. Mm-hmm. And my mom is getting mad, like, boy, get in this house, he ain't coming. Right. Now I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to sit here until he do. Right. And she would be mad when he finally showed up, but I'm not. I'm happy right. because yeah, yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. He yeah. showed up. So, you know, it was painful. Yeah. And then, you know, when my stepdad left, he left uh, for another family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. The family he left us for is for a well-known rapper now. That little boy that that he did everything with that he didn't do for me. I, I played ball, played basketball. Uh, he came to a game finally, and I'm excited. Like, yeah, even though he left, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there to see me. He is there to see the family, the the other son. Wow. <laughs> and he ended up leaving them. And now that kid, who's a well-known rapper now, deals with it too. Deals with the loss because his biological father wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Then his stepdad, which was my stepdad, mm-hmm. did exactly to them what he did to so us. So it's a domino effect. Domino and, effect. And I guarantee you, if we look into his past, he probably didn't have a father either. Nah, yeah, yeah. Well, his dad, my stepdad's dad, uh, was there, but he worked so much. So that's a remote father. Yeah. You're on location, but yeah, you live there, but you you're not on location. Let's put it yeah. like that. Uh, but nothing affected me as bad as when, well, up until my son. But when Randy passed, that that was a that was a uh, a level of a level of pain that's indescribable. Because when I lost my father, I was only ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I lost Randy, 
I was 18. I had Randy for all 18 years, had my father right. for 10. Right. And he right. took over where my father, you know, couldn't. You know, he mm -hmm. became that father figure. You know, mm -hmm. every meaningful first I had was because of him. Right. You know, and he would take me in just like he took his son, who's like my brother versus my cousin. And, uh, you know, that was painful. But, you know, losing a son, you know, you have dreams and visions. Every man wants a son, wants right. a namesake to right. carry on the last name because mm -hmm. we want our girls to get married and, right. you know, do all that stuff. But our son, that's yeah. that's us. Right, right. You know, I'm buying basketball jerseys and I'm like planning like, yeah, me and my little man, we going to do this together. Woo, woo, woo. Mm -hmm. And then to just in a in an in a instant, you know, we was a couple of weeks from delivery and, and, and my, my son's mother, you know, uh, he was stillborn. Yeah. So we still had to go through the whole oh, yeah, the birthing whole process, yeah. which was painful, too. Right. And then I'm being asked by the doctors, what do you want us to do with the body? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? So I had to go through a burial and all of that. So so let's stop right there. Let's just unpack a little bit. And I, yeah. that's a great place because even though that was pain, you still, she still had to push it. She still had to she birth still it. She still had to birth. She still had to see it. She still had to, you all had to decide what to do with it. And much like what we're talking about tonight, to the, today is pain, is loss. Mm -hmm. We often think that what we're going through is the worst thing in the world. And um, like I said in the intro, we don't go through hell for the hell of it. So a part yeah. of the process is being birthed, mm -hmm. is being uh, 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 is being filtered processes. And we, we've got to go through a lot of that just to get to where God mm -hmm. wants us to be. So even you, though you asked the question like, where were you? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you think I need my dad? And, and, and for him to say what he said to you. Um, I think that's with all, a lot of us, man. We we kind of like get to a place where, I, I said before, it's our identity. We, who right. do we who do we identify with? Like, are you my daddy? It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, okay, uh, why do I do this? Right. Why do I think like this? Why do I act like this? Why do I have, why is my swag like this? Why do right. I style like this? Who taught me how to do this? Where did I learn how to do that? And none of those questions can be answered except for from a father. And when that guy is removed, then who's the next in line? So, Mom, and she can't really do it. Yeah. And so we, we kind of get into this, um, to this, uh, kind of like this, this rat race of figuring out who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of on the treadmill, kind of on the, you know, on the hamster wheel. Just spinning. Right, right. Over and over. You know, you brought up a great point about identity. I, I suffered with a, a huge identity crisis for a while because I know that I look like my father. To the point where we have the same birthmark. Mm -hmm. uh, even my, my younger sister, she has the same birthmark as well. And we look like twins. Mm -hmm. And I look identical to my father. But the thing that really hurt from my identity standpoint, I had no clue of how I look. Mm -hmm. Like, as I age, I don't know. I can't say. I can't look at somebody and say, oh, that's how I'm going to look when I get older. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I never really thought about that until... I had kids myself that came out looking identical to me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yo, I don't even, I, I, I have no, no, no way of, no roadmap of even knowing how I'm going to look. For damn sure, don't even know 
who I am. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was there to tell me. And that's a that's a that's a big loss. The who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, I like what you said when you when you talked about how um, you know your uncle was there. Or excuse me, Randy. Yeah, cousin, was yeah. there. Your cousin was there for all eighteen years, and even though he wasn't quote unquote dad mm-hmm. or your father, the role that he played was similar, identical to one. Right. And it's based on what we're talking about. That was the person you identified with. Right. You could identify with him. And so when I think about that and I think about loss, there's this book I read as a child, and it was um, uh, Of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. You read it before? Yeah. yeah. Of Mice and Men is a book uh, about this character. The character in the book is Lenny Smalls. Mm-hmm. Lenny Smalls is a, a burly, big-type mm-hmm. guy who has an affection for animals. Mm-hmm. And um, what he does is um, in, one, in one scene, he's walking, and there's a, mice, a mouse excuse me, that he found. And he's just rubbing it, rubbing mm-hmm. it, rubbing it. And Lenny is so strong, he doesn't know that he's broken the neck mm-hmm. because he rubbed it so much. He just loved it so much, and he just rubbed it, and he's rubbing it and rubbing it. And um, the revelation that came out of that was um, a lot of times the very thing that we love the most is the one thing that we're, we're destroying. And due to some of those early losses, like how do you process <laughs> love? How do you process pain? How do you understand doing these different things we talk about the identity or lack thereof um <clears throat> i like the, the the role with lenny because lenny didn't have he had a lot of strength mm-hmm. physical strength but he didn't have like mental right mental strength or mental fortitude he was probably maybe less uh, elementary education right. at best third or fourth grade right um but he did have love and thing that he loved is the one thing that he destroyed. That he killed, yeah. Right. And that's like what happens with us. We're constantly, I mean, if we, if you look back, um, a lot of times, like the thing that we, we really love the most, you know, mm-hmm. I went through a, uh, a bad uh, divorce Me about too. three or four years ago. You also went through a divorce. And that's crazy, the parallelism, yeah, yeah. man. What I know about you, I know you really love the person yeah. that you were married to at the yeah. time. And, Love, of course, is lasting, but the love that you have for her right. in that space of being wife, the love right. that I have for that person in the space of being life. Um, actually, every woman that I've had a child with feeling that same way. So um, when, you, when you get to that place of uh, looking back, mm. um, you know, the name of the podcast, The Man I Was, right. The Boy I Am. The Man I Was would probably look back to the boy that I am. Um, based on the decisions that I made. They weren't adult decisions. They were kind of adolescent decisions. Right. Like loss after loss after loss. Um, to me, I thought I had built a moat mm-hmm. around my family. And I say a moat because uh, we lived in a palace. I was the king, mm-hmm. queen, prince, princesses. Um, but somehow, I let the drawbridge down. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I let somebody in. It's that I just kept escaping. Mm. I kept leaving. <laughs> and so when I think about that, you know, I know we're turning the corner in, in what we're talking about. Right. But it's still loss. Yeah, yeah. And most definitely. part of our, what we're responsible for, you know, if we look back, you know, with not really going into your, your divorce or whatever. Right. Um, <clears throat> as men, we always have to take responsibility. Fact. We're the leaders. Right. We're the head. We're the initiators. 
Um, so responsibility is always going to fall on us. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so when you and and one way that we really got connected was when um, it hadn't been that long ago. You and your ex did a Facebook live mm -hmm. talking about co-parenting. Right. But there was no way you could talk about co-parenting without talking about like some of the things that happened. Right. And when I look at you, I don't see a violent person, quote unquote. Right, right, right. Um, but in that, you shared how, you know, after you discovered certain things, mm -hmm. you wanted to take it to somebody. Like, you wanted to just go ahead and <laughs> you were going to take somebody out. And I, I mean, yeah. of course, I know who the person was. Right, right. I know the situation. <laughs> I know everything that went down. But right. when I found out who killed my dad mm -hmm. or who was responsible for his death or being there at the time, I sat outside at the at the, at the uh, door in the bushes waiting for him to come home. Mm -hmm. So I say all that to say, you know, we are all a, 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 a part of or a collection of everything that we've been through. Absolutely. And so the anger, the frustration uh, that we feel caused us to make decisions. Now, just mm -hmm. imagine had you done that, of course, you wouldn't be here tonight or you'd right. be doing it via satellite right. <laughs> from prison. Right. Had right. I done what I had done, you know, it may be the same thing, but... You know, I went through that as well. I found the, uh, it's, you know, due to the nature of my father's business, uh, he didn't die instantly. So the police kept asking him who shot, uh, his name was Thomas. Who shot you, Tommy? Who shot you? And he kept saying, no, I'm going to get him. Don't worry about it. I'm going to get him. But he had a note in his pocket that my grandmother ended up getting when she got all his belongings. And it said, if anything should happen to me, it's one of these people. And on the list was a, it, it was a, a list of 10 people mm -hmm. the number one name on the list is the guy that actually did it gotcha he's in prison right now and it pissed <clears throat> me off that he was in prison right he wasn't in prison for that he got off for that mm -hmm. he threatened some witnesses nobody testified mm -hmm. so but i was mad that i couldn't get to him gotcha. so i sent him a letter mm -hmm. and told him you know it's unfortunate that you're not here to protect your mom and she lives at such and such address i gave him his mother's address right to let like, him know. I yeah. know where they are. I gave him his son and his daughter's address. Yeah. You know, you're not here for them, and that's sad mm -hmm. that you can't protect them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to remind him what he took from me, what he took from my sister and my younger brother. And uh, that's the first time that I've ever wanted uh, to do harm. Mm -hmm. But when, yeah, when, when I was going through my situation with my ex-wife, yeah, I was... You know, uh, we said it on the live, so, I mean, it's out there. Mm -hmm. I went to this person's house. I found out where they lived. I, I called him. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you don't care about your son that goes to this school. Mm -hmm. uh, again, letting him know, look, right. I, I can touch you if I really want to. Right, and right. I went to the house, and I got <clears throat> mad again because I'm knocking on the door, mm -hmm. ringing the doorbell, and nobody's answering because my mm -hmm. plan was to go ahead and kill him, go get her, bring her to the house, and kill her too. Mm -hmm. And just, mm -hmm. I, I was done. I was tired. I was mm -hmm. fed up. Uh, but my mother called me. Mm -hmm. And my mother said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just chilling. First time I've ever lied to my mother. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm just chilling. She says, no, you're not. God told me to tell you to go home. Think about your children. Wow. Had no idea what was going on. No you idea what was going on. earlier that day. No. Nah. No, nah, this, wow. this was right early in the morning. I just dropped my daughter off at... Uh, at, uh, oh, so yeah, at Word of God. Yeah. You, you had it all, you had it all mapped out. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. Because this person lived down the street from Word of God. Right. So it was, hey, it was a quick drive. Boom, drop my daughter off. I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, circle back, do what I got to do, 
go, you know, go gay. Something happened with baby girl. We got to go to the school, you know, circle back. Yeah, got you. What up? (laughs) But thankfully, you know, Mm -hmm. that didn't happen because ultimately um, my, my my babies need me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Two of them live with me and um, one of them needed me after that more than more than the rest of them. She was in dire straits and distress and really needed her father. So right. had I had I allowed my emotions that we're never taught to deal with properly to begin with, mm-hmm. had I allowed that to to lead me down that path, yeah. you know, I wasn't going to prison either. So Yeah, yeah, I got you. So then yeah. that could have been three right there. Yeah. 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 So Thankfully, none of that happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm truly thankful about that. I want to um, go into something you just said. You said you have two of your daughters mm-hmm. that live with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got to talk about that. Cause, yeah. Uh, the average, um, and I don't know which situation it is, but the average relationship once it's over, the children go with the mom. Right, typically. <clears throat> typically. And so in this situation, your children, two of your daughters are with you. Right. From a prior relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. So, if we can take one step back, even before that, I have four daughters. Okay. Uh, wow, I have three. Yeah, 13, 17, 19, 21. Okay, so let's do a little bit. How many different moms? Three. Okay, four daughters, three different moms. Right. Okay. My two older ones are by the same woman. Mm-hmm. My 17-year-old is by my son's mother. Mm-hmm. And then my 13-year-old is with my ex-wife. When my oldest was six months old, I took her from her mother. Okay. Now explain uh, took. Yeah. So uh, I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, not making a lot of money. Excuse me. So I'm sending what I can mm-hmm. back to her. You know, I'm going shopping at the PX. I'm buying clothes. This and the third. I take some leave to go see my child. And when I show up, the living conditions were horrible. I mean, again, keeping it all the way real, I'm cleaning up and I find a used condom underneath my daughter's bassinet. Mm. So of course I flipped, not because, you know, her mom was doing whatever. I was in the Marine Corps doing me. It's the fact that it was underneath my daughter's bassinet. So I flipped and I took her. I Mm. said, you ain't, my daughter not staying here no more and ain't nothing you can do to stop me. So you just strong along, took your daughter. That was a yeah. I just excuse no me. fight, no. Oh no, yeah, she legal tried. I mean, not well, not legally, physically. It, it it got real up in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she called a couple of people, and you know, but I had people too, and mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I wasn't leaving my child, so it was oh, what it was. Yeah. So I took my daughter, took her to my aunt, and said, "Listen, I get out the military in six months. Just keep my child mm-hmm. for these six months. Then I got her." And she didn't try to. Come back and get her in. Nah, nah. Okay. And then, uh, but being a, I, at the time I was 21, 22, mm-hmm. uh, I was in over my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got out the military, went back to Detroit, uh, went through a job transition. And when I was moving here, mm-hmm. uh, I was coming here with no family, no friends. I didn't know a soul here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And I just didn't, and my job at the time was going to make me work from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., didn't have childcare set up, so then I took my child to my mom and was yeah. like, yo. So, you know, that's my background. I've always been a protector of my right. kids. I was just about to say that. Protector. <clears throat> so when it comes to the two that live with me, um, 
my 17 year old, she called me, she was about to turn 12 and said, daddy, I can't take it anymore. I need to come and live with you. Mm. You being an amazing father, you already know how it's going down. If one of your daughters call you oh, and yeah. say, daddy, I can't take it anymore. I need to come live with you. So yeah. I went and got her. Yeah. And you know, of course, uh, her, I had to go about it the legal route, mm -hmm. but my focus has always been, I'll handle that on the back end. Right. I've always looked at it as possession is nine-tenths of the law. Mm -hmm. So if I got the possession, well, come take her, and you, yeah. you're not really coming to do that. Right. Not with me, so. Gotcha. You know, uh, but I did have to go through the legal route because I was still paying child support at the time. Mm -hmm. She lived with me, and I was still paying child support. Her mom got me for an additional $19,000 before everything was settled in the court. Wow. And with the ex, uh, that's touchy, but we spoke on it. Uh, <laughs> after we reconciled mm -hmm. through her, uh, her growth, mm -hmm. uh, I, I got to a point where I was just like, fuck it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that would drive her out, mm -hmm. but I told her that yeah, you can go, but you're not taking her. Right. But she's an amazing mother, and I and I think that her thinking was, he had need me, so I'll have to come back. Mm -hmm. Not really realizing that you know my mental fortitude is really really strong. I don't care how bad I'm doing. I'll never tell you I need you to come back. Because ultimately, it's about my baby. Mm -hmm. So uh, when she left, uh, I had told her, you, you know, you can't take my child. Yeah. And we can handle that however you want to handle it. We can go to court. We can go to the street. I don't care. Yeah. But you're not taking my child. This is the home that she grew up in. This is the home that she know. Whatever, whatever. But, you know, thankfully, my, my daughter's mother uh, was wise enough to help me grow through that. Yeah. You know. I like what you said through her growth, but then, because I was going to come back to it, mm -hmm. it's never just one person. Oh, no, never. But I, you identified the fact that she helped you through your growth as well. Yeah, I mean, we would not be where we are today if it wasn't right. for my ex. Right, because reconciliation can't happen with one person. And, and even <clears throat> that aside, her effort, because mm -hmm. when I'm done with a situation, I'm done. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when I say she helped me through my growth... When I decided that I no longer wanted to be in my marriage, I took the coward way out. Mm -hmm. I went and got a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. That's well. Let me stop right there because, like, most men don't heal. And this is a buddy of mine whose book I'm going to quote. Mm -hmm. said, most men don't heal. Heal, we hope. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? We don't, we don't go yeah. through the healing process. Yeah. We go through the whole process. We're going to find us another chick. Yep. Chick on the side. Even before we totally out of the, out of the nest, out of the home. Yep. So, by saying that. That is a part of the the male culture. Yeah, it is. To get another chick, you know, you're not getting it at home. Then I'm gonna go outside of the uh, marriage bond and get it somewhere else. You know, which is selfish. I did the same. In our live that we did, she had spoke about uh, how somebody had asked us why did she do what she did, and I appreciate the fact that she said she was just dumb, mm -hmm. that it was nothing that I did mm -hmm. that caused it. Although what I did, what I did, part of it was partly because of 
her. Mm-hmm. But even with that, she still wanted to work it out. Mm-hmm. Even after I wasn't willing to work it out, she still wanted us to be on better terms. Mm-hmm. And we would have, we we would we would be good and then have a relapse yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have to start rebuilding all over. It's like building a house and then a storm come through, tear it down. You got to start all over. Right. But has she not had the fortitude that she has mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I understand where Antonio is coming from. He's mm-hmm. doing this because of what I did to him. Mm-hmm. I got to eat that. Right. Has she not been willing to eat that? There's no way that we would have the relationship that we have now. She was willing to eat that. And eventually I was like, you know what? What am I doing? Yeah. Like, you know, it's only hurting Jasmine. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Let me let, let me get my life together, man, and not act like that because I can. Let me let, let me be a real man about yeah. the situation. And uh, ever since then, you know, my hat's off to her. She's really done an amazing job in making sure that her and I can remain good. friends, especially for Jasmine's right. sake. That's good, and you don't hear a lot of stories of that uh, like that. You don't hear a lot of stories like that. But one thing I want to make sure we clarify: you said, did, were you saying you did what you did because of her, or were you saying you did when you did what you did, your infidelity, mm-hmm. um, that you did that? What was your reason? Because, and let me, let me. This is why I'm asking. When I did what I did, when I, when I was unfaithful, um, I could never blame my ex for my infidelity. Um, I did what I did because I was just selfish, right. and I wanted to <coughs> uh, solve a problem mm-hmm. in the whole span of trying to solve that problem outside of it. I created another problem, right? Um, another life. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make sure we're clear because if you ever stating that, <clears throat> it's like leaving P to go get some P. <laughs> right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. No, so no, I, I just you. want to make sure you're not saying so, that. Cause, no, I, okay. I'm a, like, I, man, I told you I'm going to keep it all the way real. Okay. Uh, our re- our marriage was uh, tumultuous at times. All right. and As and, most. Right. <laughs> My ex-wife at the time, she came from a broken home as well. Okay. And she didn't know how to have healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I appreciate you saying that, you know, you don't pick up the vibe that I'm a violent person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing is, that's where a lot of my on frustration appearance. on right. appearance. And I know, right? Yeah, yeah, on appearance. So her way of fighting is with words. Mm-hmm. You know, she she can be very very challenging with how she speaks to a person. Mm-hmm. My Good way, word choice. right? <laughs> Good word choice. And I'm used to being, if I have a problem with somebody and we can't talk it out, then we got to fight it out. Mm-hmm. But in a marriage, you can't fight your spouse. Physically, yeah. yeah. So I was always at a disadvantage. Right. You can use your weapons, but mm-hmm. I can't use mine. Mm-hmm. And she was extremely, uh, she was verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. And I hate to use that term, but that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. But it got to a point, to answer your question directly, it got to a point where I told her, listen, I've only asked for three things in my marriage. Faithfulness, Mm -hmm. that you cook occasionally, that we have regular sex. Mm -hmm. And not regular meaning position-wise, but frequency. Mm -hmm. I eventually, oh, it was four things. Respect. Right. I was wondering if that was going to come in. Yeah, yeah. 
I took three of them off the table. Mm, not the sex, though. Listen, you ain't got to cook no more. Okay. You ain't got to have sex with me no wow. more. I don't care if we don't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. But I never said, stop respecting me. Yeah. So when you get to a point where, where as a man that's young and love to have sex, telling you, nah, fam, we good. Don't yeah. worry about that. Uh -huh. That's because you're taking care of the problem yourself, man. Not yet. Right. I was just... I'm talking about mentally. Yo, yeah, mentally yeah. I was, mentally I was done. Yeah. I was absolutely done to the point where, like I said, I didn't just mess around. I was like, you know, I'm going to get me a whole girlfriend. Right. <laughs> you know, you know that. <laughs> I didn't try to hide it. Yeah. I wasn't going to flaunt it, mm -hmm. but I wasn't trying to hide it either. Gotcha. And, you know, uh, there was a part of me that once she found out, Wanted her to hurt like I had hurt. So that now we're talking about revenge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tip, that, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. Yeah. You did it in my face, I'm going to do it in yours. That woman told me when, when she did what she did, and I'm hurting. I don't Man, I lost 40 pounds mm -hmm. due to stress. Yeah. She looked at me one day and said, you need to get you a hobby or something. And I stayed. Mm -hmm. Because Dr. Summerfield kept teaching, no matter what. You work it out. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, this Negro's crazy. She don't tell me to go get a hobby, so I got a hobby. Mm -hmm. My hobby was getting a girlfriend. Gotcha. Yeah. So when you she took it literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. And I'm laughing, but it's not to glorify it. Men, no, don't do it. It's, it. First of all, the average brother's not going to tell on himself. So yeah. not to do it, okay. Yeah. Understatement. Right. It's a fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not, yeah, we're not, average brother not going to be on camera. Right. And a microphone, audio and video. <laughs> talking about what we're talking about today. So, right. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, though, I hurt my daughter mm -hmm. because I hurt her mother. Right. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Right. And, you know, uh, I'm thankful that even through all of the pain that I did cause her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can use the excuse that, you know, well, she was verbally abusive, she didn't do this, she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that she said was real fucked up that I won't even repeat because right. of how fucked up it was. Right. However, right. that's still not an excuse because I had other options. I could have just walked out. I could have mm -hmm. just left. Mm -hmm. But my thinking was like, I'm sure a lot of men's thinking is, man, if I do that, the court system is really going to fuck with me about my money. Right. And I'm not even going to front. I, I didn't want the state of North Carolina in my business. I got you. So, you know, uh, I, I studied up on the law. I talked to every top attorney in Wake County so that mm -hmm. she couldn't talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I asked them real questions. It wasn't just to talk to them. It was so that, okay, because, you know, she could get me for alienation of affection. But, yeah. you know, I can get her for... Uh, Cruel and barbaric treatment of a spouse. Yeah. So it was. It really was a tip for tat ping pong gotcha. match. Yeah. It was strategy, but mm -hmm. you know. But in that, we're looking at two processes. Uh, we're looking at you filtering your pain through how you know to filter it. She's filtering hers Back. without knowing her her past or anything. Back. The same way. So Back. now you got two people. Like you said, it's a ping pong match, and now you're not really trying to hit the ball. You're trying to hit the your opponent with right. the ball. With, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, fact. Yeah, and that's not, exactly yeah. what we was doing. Right. But you know what's so crazy? We really still did love each other. No, I and, and because that's the, the crazy right. part. Right. <laughs> and it's not because love is 
Number one, let's talk about love is to a woman what respect is to a man. Fact. That's you a good way of putting that, yeah. A, a, a man receives love through respect. A woman right. receives love strictly through love. But if what you saw love to be, you emulate and you reproduce, isn't what she needs, mm -hmm. then the language that you're speaking is two different languages. Spanish yeah. or a, a language she doesn't understand, and then vice versa. Yep. You know what I mean? You might need a might not need a domineering woman who comes off the handle and verbally talks to you like that. Right. But if that's what she saw, then that's what she re repeats. And it's crazy because just to bring it all the way back around, I didn't have a male to look at to know how to handle a relationship. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I didn't even know how. I, I've never seen a husband or a good husband right. until I met uh, Bishop Summerfield. He was the first good husband I ever seen. And you know it's crazy because we both know him very well. He was like a, a dad to both of us. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember one time, like most of us think being a man means being macho. Mm -hmm. Or oh, I'm gonna have the last word. Hey, hey, you heard what I said. Yeah. And if you know him as verbal and as uh, direct and as keep it 100 as he is, when you saw his wife, he was the most humble thing, humble in the world. I remember him saying, "Look, I, 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 I just look whatever Jonelle says, just, just do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be right. She, she's always right. Just, just forget <laughs> it." And I'm saying all that because it's, it's like when you see that, it helps temper you. When yeah. you see, like you talk about not seeing a man, and what we saw was this image of a man who is gonna dominate, run things, and mm -hmm. blah blah blah. And that's not what a woman needs. One, a woman needs tenderness. Yeah, man, these tenants, you know, and so all, all those are things that, you know, a lot of times we don't last. The marriage doesn't last through the process right. of that maturation. Right. Fact. So so just getting back in, in the whole scheme of loss, when we talk about loss, I don't want to look at it from the stand of like, actually losing or winning. Like I said before, um, when you think about us as men, we always we often equate. Uh, what we're going through to winning and losing. Right. You know, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired. Of, I can never win with you. That's part of the argument. Mm. But that's true because I've said that it's sports. Right. Right. We're sports driven. Mm. We're sports minded. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> a lot of our focus is winning and losing. Right. That's why I said, you know, the deposits and the withdrawals. Mm. Withdrawal is a loss. Yeah. A deposit is a win. Right. We want to continue. We want to win. We want deposits. We don't want withdrawals. Right. And so... Um, in that match, you were talking about a ping pong match. Mm -hmm. um, you're not trying to hit the ball back to your opponent. You're trying to hit your opponent with the ball. Absolutely. So what you're trying to do is actually harm that person. Right. And in, in, in all that, like, when it comes to loss, for a man, when, and, and I'm saying this based on my quote-unquote <coughs> uh, barbershop therapy. Right. <laughs> psychology <laughs> slash um, um, therapy one-on-one. Um, a lot of guys check out. Um, yep. And we just think that, you know, we'll just get another chick. Mm -hmm. We'll just get another woman. We'll just find someone else to screw, have sex with. Right. And, of course, we create a bigger problem. If our spouse was to do the same thing, significant other be the same thing. So it's just a perpetual thing. Right. Domino effect, <clears throat> perpetual thing. And then now, children don't have a father. Mm. And regardless of what, we are always responsible. No matter what. No matter what. The, when, when, when Adam, uh, when Eve bit the, the apple 
and God came back. He didn't say, uh, Eve, why'd you do that? Or Eve, what's going he came on? To Adam. He said, Adam, mm -hmm. because he's coming to leadership. Right. He's coming to the head. He's coming to the initiator. And the Greek word for initiate is to set in path. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We're supposed to be the motion says We're supposed to be setting things in path. Set the tone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he's coming back for. So with with these losses, with the losses you talk about, with the uh, the childhood, with the marriage, with um, even, you know, some of the, the personal things that, that happen just, you know, your one on one, like mm -hmm. just in your mind, like it's it's definitely amazing that you're still here. Yeah, one, yeah, I appreciate that. It is um, number two. What I've seen when I see you is an amazing and awesome father. Mm. I mean, amazing. Like you said, I'm amazing. I'm gonna be honest with you. Mm. I I don't even when it comes to you. I mean, the way I see you with your daughters, um, the way I see you, you know, you, a lot of times guys aren't naturally nurturing mm -hmm. <laughs> and by reason of the way that things that have naturally evolved i'll say evolved slash devolved mm -hmm. um we've have we've had to take on that role to be right. a little more nurturing right i mean it got to a point like even with me <clears throat> where i stopped spanking my daughter mm -hmm. uh, any type of physical harm or touch and mm -hmm. i have to say this um a lot of times i learn how to be a better dad because of the mom's role. Like, mm -hmm. women just have this intuitive thing about mm -hmm. being a mom, being a parent, being connected with the kids that we just don't have. Just, I, I'm gonna be right. honest with you, I envy it. I mean, like, me too. not in a jealous way, but I just don't have it. I mean, right. as men, we just don't have it. And I'm, what I'm saying is I'm seeing how the, the, the tide is turning where we're becoming more intuitive, more nurturing, right. more naturally able to give their daughters what, what they need. And I'm, that's one thing I'm proud of. And I'm saying all that to say I see that in you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a struggle. Um, every day it's a struggle. Uh, I, I have more breakdowns mm -hmm. than uh, I'm, I would even... Uh, that, that it's, it's hard for me to admit. Mm -hmm. I had a breakdown. What's today? Uh, had a breakdown Monday? Yeah. No, Friday? Yeah. Uh, you know, my my daughter, she doesn't have, let me, Kiana, my 17-year-old, mm -hmm. the one that I have full custody of, she doesn't have the best relationship with her mother, okay. with her biological mother. Her mm -hmm. biological mother lives in Kentucky. So, I'm it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, as all of them are. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank mm -hmm. you. As, as so are yours. Um, she has a very nice shape and she wore a dress to school on Friday. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, Dad oh, showed yeah. up. Right. Like, what are you doing? And, and it wasn't a bad dress. It's, 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 I reacted as Dad. Mm -hmm. And I saw the disappointment in her eyes because one thing about that one, mm -hmm. well, actually, the two that live with me, they hate to disappoint me. Right. Me telling them I'm disappointed hurts their right. heart. That's powerful words, though. Yeah. Yeah. And she said to me, what she said to me, I, well, me seeing her disappointment mm -hmm. hurt me. Mm -hmm. And it made me take a step back. Mm -hmm. But what she said really got me. She said, Daddy, I can't help the body that God gave me. Okay. And in that moment, I had to re realize something mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. I'm her first everything. Mm -hmm. 
the first compliment she hears from wearing a, a, a dress because she doesn't wear a lot of dresses. Right. The first compliment needs to be mine. Needs mm -hmm. baby. Oh, that's you know you look great, sweetie. Mm -hmm. And I had to check myself. Right. But I had a breakdown afterward because mm -hmm. I was so frustrated that I didn't have the the mom thing that could yeah, be you. like, ooh, sweetie. Checks and balance. Yeah. Yeah. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I literally broke down. I called my uh, my girlfriend and, you know, I broke down on the phone with her. It it, 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 it was so bad. I texted my mother and said, yo, I'm having such an emotional day today and I don't like it because as a man, I don't do emotions. I don't do right, the emotional right, right. thing. Well, we do emotions, but we don't want to admit that we're doing emotions, even though emotions are happening. Like exactly. We right. Exactly. I breakdown. I cried. I all of those. Are I, cluster, I did all of a those. Plethora of emotions. Yeah. And you know, and all of that was you know just the stuff that I've been holding inside. Yeah. You know, because I am frustrated being a single father. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I am frustrated that my child doesn't have a, a great relationship with her mother. Right. I am frustrated that financially mm -hmm. I get zero help from her mother. Not right. one brown penny. Right. Right. You right. know, I am frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad as hell. Right. Right. <laughs> so all of that and I'm thinking like and she ain't even here to deal with this. Yeah. The child needs a woman's right. input. So it's making it's, it's it's a duality of roles now. Yeah, because absolutely. Like okay, so when I talk about God, I talk about God not having a gender, right? A male nor female. So right. the marriage relationship is the expression of him, the husband, the masculine part, the woman, the feminine part. And when you have to do both of those in the same space at the same time. That's difficult. So I don't care how unemotional <laughs> you are. Some emotions are going to kick up and they're going to step out. But let me say this real quick before we go anywhere else. And I mean, there, there needs to be a dead silence right now. Congratulations on winning custody <laughs> of your daughter. I appreciate daughters. that. And I say that because that's one for the team. Like, that's the one for all of manhood, for all humanity. That's one for the IE club of yeah. men. Because what you are talking about is something I would love to. I want that problem right now. Like, I want to shift that. If I could have, to have my daughters here, um, they move 600 some miles away. Right. Um, but to have them here and with what you're talking about and all the different complexities of being a, a single, well, I hate to use the word single dad, but a... Uh, uh, unmarried father. Well, not even just unmarried, but doing having to do everything by yourself. Yeah. Um, um, that's tough. It is, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, as much as as tough as it is, I would love to have it in a New York second. And I tell you, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, no matter how frustrating it yeah, can be. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, and uh, not to go into too much detail. I really wanted to clap, but I don't want the mic. I mean, we it'll probably mess all the. Quality and sound um, that we've said in here, but man, that right. that right there, we might have to find a little hand clap or something. That right it there is a whistle, a hand clap, a uh, popping bottle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we might need to get some, get some cigars on that one. That's just yeah. that's big, and I want to make sure that's celebrated. Hey, and, I, and I appreciate that. And it, it was uh, uh, it was not without a fight. Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, uh, God just moved in my. Thankfully, God moved not just in my favor, but in the favor of, of my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it wasn't without a fight. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a long battle because the Wake County court system is trash. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. <laughs> but I got a fair judge, That's which good. was good. Uh, and God worked it out not just for me, but for my child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're necessary in our daughter's lives. Absolutely. And don't give up the fight. Mm-hmm. I'm proof mm-hmm. that it can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I left the court. Uh, you know, when, to, to hear the judge say I'm awarding full legal and physical custody to the father, it was, uh, you know, I cried. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed uh, to. You know, and, and and as I was walking out the courtroom, two brothers in the back that were getting their cases heard by that particular judge that day, you know, clapped. Yeah. And, you know, me That's and all my homies, we, we say the same thing. You just said that was a victory for all of us because right. typically we're... You know, we're underrepresented in the right. court system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just assumed that the mothers mm-hmm. are supposed to have the children. Gotcha. But when you're an amazing father like you are, keep fighting. And let me clarify right now. I do not, I wouldn't, I don't want, <laughs> I'll be careful the way I say it. Legally, um, that's not what I'm seeking. Right. I just really want time with my, want making fairness. sure that they're, right, fairness. Um, and, and that's, that's all I want. Based on the court system, based on a couple of different other factors. So I'm being very careful the way right, I absolutely. Um, they have a, my children have a, a great every I have five children by three different women. Mm-hmm. Um, I have amazing relationship with my oldest son's mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah. We have a I mean awesome relationship. Um, and that was it that didn't come without challenges, of course, right. like you said. So that's a full restoration. Um, then my youngest daughter, mom, and I have an awesome relationship too. Right. Um, my ex and myself, and I mean, there are different reasons because, like, right. I, I did things that actually uh, affected that relationship with the children, with her breaches of trust, and right. all those type, type of things. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the losses, you know. Um, so I, I understand a portion of it. So what I, my whole thing is to make sure that we have uh, fairness in. Um, fairness in time spent, shared. Absolutely. Um, those type of things. And because children deserve... Both parents. Absolutely. So Because you, what I heard you say was you, uh, you want your daughter to have a relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a fairness that sometimes isn't hurt. Like not wanting the children to have a relationship. I mean, there's so many things that go into that. So... In all fairness, you know, I, yeah. again, I still, uh, I applaud that. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't seek full custody. I sought, again, shared. And even in mediation, I think I went to the table with the best possible solution for everyone involved, mm-hmm. which was uh, she's with me for the uh, school year. The summer, you can get her from the day school is out up until a week before or even a little longer, but mm-hmm. before school starts again, I'll give you first choice of what holidays you want, and you can have <laughs> so spring we break. We, we normally don't get that, but, right. but I'm listening to you. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, you can have spring break. We're a lot more fair in most cases when it comes to that because we're not dealing with the emotions of it. It's right. It's just the facts <laughs> versus the feelings. I think that was fair. No, that's absolutely she fair came to the, the option. She yeah. came to the table with, no. 
I don't want any of that. I want full. All right, well, nothing else to talk about. We're going right. to go to court. I got you. I got you. Sometimes you go through the mediation <laughs> process, you waste time, you spend time. And I, yeah. I want to say something real quick. Um, I didn't go that process because um, I was, like, I'll say devastated by seeing my children's hurt based mm-hmm. on the decision that I made. So I was a lot more passive in my approach. I was right. a lot more um, lenient. Um, therapy, wanted to make sure, okay, they get what they need. Right. Um, that's something we talked about before. A lot mm-hmm. of times our culture doesn't pursue or seek clinical therapy. It's taboo. It's, it's, but it's mandatory. Oh, it's mandatory because we are all, uh, <laughs> it's just like going to a war, PTSD. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we, we walk around with that and act like it doesn't exist. You, right. know, you have people who drink, smoke, mm-hmm. abuse other people, uh, uh, promiscuous Mm-hmm. Um, and all those are the side effects of coping with certain stresses. Yeah, whatever you. Yeah. Um, so when we that's gonna, that'll be another show. But mm-hmm. um, I want to bring up one last thing. I know we were talking right. before about your grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll let you introduce this situation. Uh, could you share that with us? Yeah. Uh, my father's mother mm-hmm. recently sent me a text that said, uh, I'm proud of you, and I know that if your father was alive, he would be proud of you. Wow. You're an amazing father. Wow. And uh, that meant everything to me. One that I didn't even tell you was the fact that, you know, she lost her son. Mm-hmm. You know, and to still, she still deals with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that was something that was, you know, uh, that I had to recognize, like, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I told her that I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm literally flying by the seat of my pants because mm-hmm. these kids didn't come with no manual. None of this right, came with right, manual. Right. And um, so <clears throat> I, I don't know what I'm doing. But she went on to say that, it's possible that I'm the father that I am because I didn't have my father. That, and that's a paramount point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Could have been a worse everything, a worse human. Right, right. Uh, but because I didn't have, you know, if you have a bad father, you can look and say, okay, I, I want to do the opposite of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have a great father, you can look and say, oh, I mm-hmm. want to do what he did. But when you have no father... Mm-hmm. No point of reference. Right. You just, you know, I'm literally throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> right. But, you know, right. uh, I have to believe that if he was here, he would, he would, he would be an amazing grandfather. So I choose to believe all the, all the good stuff. Right. He would be an amazing grandfather. He would be able to teach me everything I needed to know to be a father mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. But. That's something we'll never know. I, I just have to believe that may, that is it is a possibility that if my father was still alive, I may not be the the great father that I strive to be. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, um, Grandma. I'm sending you that. Mm-hmm. Your dad's mom, mm-hmm. um, knowing her son, mm-hmm. seeing, and this is the thing I really want you as well as listeners to catch: seeing her son. In her grandson. Mm-hmm. Because even though our fathers aren't here, they're still here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not here physically, but they're here because they're in us. Right. 
that's the whole I am part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We are a total representation of uh, of of that relationship of our father. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who I had never met, but when I went back to where my father grew up, would see me and be like, you must be so-and-so. You must be Ronnie's son. Mm-hmm. I don't even know these people, man. You look just like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine the bill that do, that that does? And I remember my yeah. father. Um, I mean, it's funny. We have fingers alike. We have patches <laughs> in our beard in the same area. Um, we smile alike. All those different things. So, I mean, I have those visuals that identify me, that connect me with them. But yeah. um, a lot of people don't have those. A lot of people never met their dad. No, yeah. A lot of people never, um, never knew who their dad was. And so, at least we have those in them. Yes. True. Um, it said that it's better to have known and, and and experienced than to have never experienced it all. Like we have something to pull from. Um, and one thing I said, uh, and I believe this wholeheartedly, wherever there's a deficit, God creates a desire. Mm-hmm. So because there was a deficit in my life, deficit in your life, deficit deficits in a lot of our um, the listeners' lives to with uh, for a father, we desire to be that one that. Yeah. You know, wouldn't that would that would be uh, that would create this new regime of fatherhood? Right. Um, and I have to be just real with you. I, I mean, I messed up. Um, the one thing that I really, really want is the restoration of that relationship with my children. Um, the three that isn't, mm-hmm. you know, that with, that I'm talking about. So, and in, and in, that's in God's hands. That's His work. Um, what I do is just continue to be who I need to be. Right. Um, go through my processes and um, I just I I like the fact that we're able to identify we're able to talk about it we're able to make it uh, public right Uh, it's documented recorded non it's not edited this is a raw right uh, conversation we didn't I didn't call you and say hey man I'm gonna let you know these are the points right (laughs) we just came here (laughs) and just chopped it it down chopped it up it's just a it's just a real conversation So, uh, man, I just want to say thank you so much for coming. Um, Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And there's a lot of uh, things coming from this that we'll be a part of. Cool. So, Whatever you need, brother. Also, real quick, always remember that our children, especially our daughters, are way more forgiving Mm -hmm. than we ever give them credit for. Wow. So. Wow. Thank you the, so much for saying that. The restoration is there, brother. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Our, our daughters, you're you're still their hero. Mm-hmm. And they've already forgiven you. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. They forgave you long before any of the drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, one of the things I dealt with, and I know we got to wrap it up, was <clears throat> my ex, she wanted my daughters to know me as husband. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a bad husband, you cheated, blah, blah, blah. And I had to keep reminding her, no, they know me as father. Yeah. And two, two, two totally, totally different, different roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, kids, especially our daughters, mm-hmm. they're way more forgiving than than we ever give them credit for. Right. And it's a, it's an endless pursuit, I'll say, for that restoration mm-hmm. because it's, it is intentional, it mm-hmm. is... I'm almost violent about it to the point of there's nothing that's going to stop that. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing that stops, blocks it, you know. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I'll release the interview that I did for Father's Day last year. 
uh, probably in June, mm -hmm. and then that I talk about it. Um, but yeah, there's nothing that's gonna stop that. Yeah, um, it's my time of healing isn't a timeline for healing. Everyone right. has a different process. We filter things differently. God is also using that pain mm -hmm. to do something with them. So we we gotta just we have to keep an open mind, open heart, open spirit. Um, keep fighting, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that this is a fight that's worth it. It's not a yeah. fight for death. It's yeah, not a fight yeah, for yeah. the match. I don't hate their mom. Yeah. I don't hate any of my children's mom. Actually, yeah. every woman I ever had have ever had a child with. It's only been three different women. Um, I love all of them. Yeah, same. Um, <clears throat> and um, I don't. I've told her several times. Look, I don't want to beef with you. I don't want to go back and forth with this. But anybody who knows me knows, man. My children. That's my. That's your that's, world. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, if you want to see, if you want to, like, uh, Superman's uh, uh, weakness, his only weakness is kryptonite. Right. That's my kryptonite. Yeah. Um, but the enemy knows that, too. He does. Uh, also, God knows it. So, in that, man, it's a, it's a, it's a whole case study. It and, is. You know, as, as we go through this, man, we'll just start to see all the pieces to the puzzle that, that bring it back together. So... I'm encouraged. I appreciate you saying what you're saying. Yeah, for I sure. I appreciate it. So, for sure. Man, thanks so much for coming, man. Man, I appreciate you having me, bro. The man I was, the boy I am. Fact. Take care.